so we turn to God's Word. It's a passage we've looked at uh, once or twice over recent weeks, describing the nature of the early church and the way in which they functioned as a, a body. It's Acts 2, verses 42 to 47, the Fellowship of the Believers, page 1104. I know one or two of you have got church Bibles there. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And we stand for the reading of the Gospel. It's found on page 1001 from Matthew chapter 22 and verses 34 to 40. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Hearing that Jesus has silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. And so, Lord, we come to you this morning as your family here in this place, hungry to hear your word, to be equipped to live for you. Amen. Well, some of us had the privilege of uh, spending the weekend in the inspiring surroundings of Lee Abbey. This is actually one of Andy McNeil's uh, photos uh, taken out of uh, one of the windows uh, on the ground floor, I think, at Lee Abbey. Uh, fantastic place, beautiful setting, and those of us who were there had a great weekend, I think. Is that true? Yes. Yes, well, certainly there was at least a couple of people who uh, had a good time. In fact, hands up if you're at Lee Abbey, so that everyone's aware of who was there. So a number from this congregation, and we didn't want everyone else to sort of miss out completely. So just one or two reflections from that weekend at Lee Abbey, where we unpacked the question um, that was focused on here on Sunday morning as well. What does it mean to be a real church family? As well as um, hearing a little from Lee Abbey, we're going to have one or two reflections from Colin as well on the trip to Moldova um, just a few weeks ago and uh, the nature of family in that context. Well, over the weekend at Lee Abbey, we had three main sessions. We had to, just again, set some context. We had um, an adult teaching program with the mission chaplain from the community there leading us. There was a youth program in a wonderful youth centre called the Beacon Centre. 
and then the children had their own groups as well and we came back together um, for some quite interesting entertainment on the Saturday night and also for a communion service on the Sunday morning. But in the adult sessions, we looked on three themes. We began by thinking about what it meant to be a filled people. And we were reminded of our primary calling to be connected with God. We were a recognition that we'll struggle to be effective as a community, as a church family, if we're not investing in our relationship with God as individuals and as a whole family, putting him at the very centre of all we do. We then thought about what it meant to be a fulfilled people. The emphasis here was more on our relationship with one another, asking the question, what does it mean to be in true fellowship with one another? Experiencing the koinonia described in the New Testament, that depth of fellowship that Paul speaks about in Philippians and other places. And then on the Sunday morning, we considered what it meant to be uh, what was described as a spilled people, a church whose very way of being is attractive to those outside of church and whose activities and life draws people in very naturally. Us spilling out by who we are as people, the way we are. And as a backdrop, there was this uh, image, this next image, Andy, of Rublev's icon. One that I'm sure most of you are familiar with. I know Joe preached on it uh, a year or so ago with that image of a relationship within the Trinity itself, but with the openness and the welcome and the space at the front, the welcome for us into that relationship with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so a key part of the message for me was about the need for us to be a community of love. Not just a superficial love, which asks, how are you? And nods agreeably when the response comes back, I'm fine, thank you, how are you? But a community where people are genuinely looking out for one another and are honest with one another. And Lee Abbey provided an environment for some of that honesty and going deeper in relationships, just by the fact that we had leisurely time over meals to talk together. I'm sure the same is true on things like the fellowship weekend as well, where you just get a lot more time just to be real with people, to spend time with them, talking over coffee afterwards, going on a walk together, or, or sitting, gazing at that wonderful view we saw earlier. This congregation, actually, I think we're pretty good at looking out for one another, but it's easy to get complacent, isn't it? To miss people, or to be quite superficial. We may not quite have that same uh, leisurely opportunity on a Thursday morning to uh, talk with one another, but we do have the benefit of our coffee time, coffee and cake afterwards. And encourage us, let's be, let's be real with one another. Let's give of ourselves. Let's show genuine care and love. That was a real feature of the early church as described in Acts. Other-centred rather than me-centred. And as part of that, let's look out for those who are on the edges, the newcomer, perhaps the quieter one. It's a responsibility we all share. It's also easy to see the church, the community, the Christian family in a very narrow manner and miss out on what God is doing on a wider sphere. That struck me yesterday. I met with Cathy um, Prosser, our community chaplain, and we were reflecting on some of the things that she's involved in with others, 
in the communion ministry, in care homes, supporting individuals, gathering people together. And there's a vision now for um, some of those people in Babington Gardens to be coming together for um, greater fellowship, for sharing, perhaps setting up a life group in Babington Gardens and seeing that uh, develop and encourage those members to um, live out their faith in that later stage of life in which they're in. And that is just as much a part of the mission of God in this parish as what goes on here on a Thursday morning or on a Sunday morning. The heart of what it means to be a true church family is love, summed up in that greatest commandment we've been reminded of twice already in the service, at the beginning and in our reading. I was very mindful of that um, when I was struck by a display that's in our local primary school. I was in Christchurch Juniors on uh, Tuesday morning um, for a governor's meeting, and we had a little bit of a tour of the school, and they've got lots of their new displays for this term up. And uh, if you were to walk around Christchurch Juniors, you would um, be struck by just how many overtly Christian displays there are around the walls, reflecting the values of the school community. And that's something to be um, really grateful for and, and to pray that even the images around the walls just soak into the children who are there. They get a sense of what the school is about and who God is. And this, one of these new displays is, is uh, this next one, Andy. It's um, a school filled with love. You won't be able to um, read it clearly from where you're sitting, but on those fish are various lines about uh, love or some of the values that permeate the school. So they say things like, a good friend remembers what we were and what we can be. There's another one that says, it's not how much we give, but how much love we put into giving. Another says, compassion is the wish to see others free of suffering. So without specifically labelling those things with a, a, a sort of Christian badge, Christian values are being expressed through displays like that. A school filled with love. The question for this week is very much, what does it mean to be a church filled with love? A church family in its wider sense. What does love for God, love for one another, and love for those outside our doors look like? As God's people here in this place, I'm, I'm not convinced we're called to do lots more things because we're already doing a lot Surely it's more about being the people that God calls us to be. Demonstrating the fruit of the Spirit. Demonstrating that love in our midst and to those outside our doors. Living out our values and in so doing, pointing people to Christ. And we see something of that love expressed through our mission agencies around the world. And uh, Colin, amongst others, had the privilege of being out in Moldova just a couple of weeks ago, and just going to share briefly one or two experiences from that time and how he saw family in action. Thanks, Colin. Uh, yes, for me, it was um, uh, very important that I met the family 
um, because I'd met Misha a couple of times previously, but I'd not met his family. So it was really good to, is that booming a bit? Or are you all right? Okay. Um, yeah, so it was great for me to actually meet the family, Ina, his wife, and there were three children at home, although two had uh, gone elsewhere for the time being, doing their st furthering their studies. So we met um, Mihaela, who is 20, uh, their middle daughter, and the two younger boys, Daniel, who is uh, 15, and Samuel, who is 13. And it was so great to actually see how the whole family were involved in the church life. Um, on the Saturday, we had the, uh, the children's work. We had about 25 or 30 children. And Ina did the uh, Bible talk. Um, Daniel had taught himself to play the guitar so he could lead worship. And so he and Mihaela did the, did the worship bit. Then they did games, exercises they started with, and then games. So the whole family was involved with, uh, with that work, and again on the Sunday. But I think the thing that truly impressed me was the way that Misha um, had this love for the people that he was dealing with. <clears throat> they live in a little place called Pelene, which is about two miles from Usoria, where the church is built. But Misha was born in Usoria, so that was the vision that God gave him, was a church in the village. There was nothing else apart from Pelani, which was more than two miles away. And so he does all his work now in Usoria. And uh, we went to uh, visit uh, two people while we were there. And um, it was great just to see how he had such a lot of time for these people. Now, I understand that uh, Moldovan time is not exactly the same as UK time. Uh, 10 o'clock might mean 10 o'clock, but it might mean 10.30 or 11.30 or 10 o'clock the next day. Um, but he showed me that it's important that you have time to spend with others. And the, f the first lady we visited um, was 84, and she'd recently lost her right leg, having had it amputated because of diabetes. And she was quite down because she just felt that, you know, she had nothing to offer anymore. And um, she couldn't do the things that she was able to before. But Misha sat down next to her. I couldn't understand what he was saying. But we had Ineta with us, and they were speaking in Russian, so she was able to tell us afterwards that Misha had spent about half an hour just saying, look, God still loves you even though you've lost your leg, even though you can't do the things that you used to be able to do. And just looking at the way he was talking to her, I could see the real empathy that he had with her. Very, very calm and loving and it just taught me that you know we live in a frenetic world here in in britain don't we in the west and you know time just we're, we're so busy doing stuff that sometimes we just miss the opportunities just to take time and to uh, relax and to talk with people and to to give people our time time is so so important to us isn't it 
and uh, we, it taught me a lesson that I need to take more time to listen to others and to spend time with others. And then we also visited a, a, a lady who was 50 years old, and uh, her name was Marsha, and um, she grew up with a, a physically abusive father who regularly beat her. Then when she was 18, he came home very drunk one night, took an iron bar and smashed her back, smashed her spine. And she's been um, paralyzed from the waist down ever since. And so she spends her life basically on her knees and sat on a little cushion. When we went and visited her, she happened to say she, she had a lovely smiling face, a lovely Christian lady. And you, you'd think, you know, that if that had happened to one of us, we'd probably be a bit angry. But she accepted that and she loves the Lord and she felt that the, the Lord had, um, you know, she, what the Lord had given her was what she should, should have. She told Misha that she was struggling to get from, her, from where she was sitting on her step out the front. It's quite a way down to, to the to wheelchair below. And she was struggling now, because she's getting older, to be able to get across into the wheelchair. So Misha took, this was on the Friday, Misha took some measurements and he went home and designed a board and built it with an iron frame and a nice slidey top that would go between where she was and the wheelchair. And he took it round to her on the Saturday morning while we were having the, the, the children's um, work. And he checked that it worked and everything. And on Sunday morning, she was in church. Her friend had got her in the wheelchair and brought her. So I think the thing that really has come over to me is that although they are a, a nuclear family, okay, and they're very, very strong Christian nuclear family, that isn't enough for them. They want to spread out their love that they have and they regularly have people around to, uh, to have meals and things like that. And they go out into the, uh, the village and they really show God's love to others. Extended family was one of the things that we talked about and I think that is so important, isn't it? Thank you. <clears throat> Becky Collin, those are really sort of powerful examples and very practical examples of what it means to um, exercise love to others around us within God's family and around the fringes of God's family. Let's pray, shall we, before we move on.